Welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. I'm Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by The Nuzzle by Mama's Milk Wrap. The Nuzzle is a moist heat therapy or cold compression therapy breastfeeding aid that will stay with you throughout your entire nursing journey and beyond. And today's episode is also brought to you by Fairhaven Health. Uh, If you love lactation tea but hate the taste, nursing time tea is just for you. And we'll hear more from these sponsors later. But right now, um, let me tell you that if you need anything, please head to our sponsors page because the sponsors are what making making this podcast happen. So if you can find anything that you need there, um, that would be great. Give them some business. That's at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. And while you're at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com, you can scroll down, enter your email address, and we will um, send the email with the episode in it every Monday when it's published. Um, I can see you people are doing that. Um, you people. <laughs> I can see that our friends are doing that <laughs> because I see the numbers going up. So thank you. And um, yeah, it's a lot easier than having to find us every week. Um, and uh, now Diane has our review of the week. Yes, I do. It is from Sarah. And she sent us an email. At, through our um, badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com email. And she says, Hi, Diane and Abby. I've wanted to send you a review for a long time since I'm such a huge fan. I gave birth in August to a beautiful baby boy, but before the birth, I managed to listen to every single episode you had put out. I knew I wanted to breastfeed and was determined to make it work. Thanks to the stellar information and supportive tone of your podcast, I was able to conquer the following challenges. Uncertain milk supply from a breast reduction, delayed access to pump because of COVID and an earlier than expected birth, avoidance of interventions and medications during birth, use of and then later weaning off of a nipple shield, bottle supplementation, poor response to a pump, nipple pain, poor milk transfer due to late diagnosed tongue tie, infant sleep fear-mongering, and incomplete and misinformed medical professionals. We overcame it all, and by two and a half months, we had established a supplementation, pumping, pain-free breastfeeding relationship with a safe bed-sharing arrangement. At four months, our baby is thriving, and despite an around-the-clock two-hour eating schedule, the family is sleeping and thriving, too. Thank you for all you do. I recommend you to everyone I know. And I love this. She's been amazing. I had the opportunity to meet with Sarah and her beautiful family, and they are amazing. You know, they are doing whatever needed to be done. And this is a baby that does eat more frequently because she wants to breastfeed and she wants him to have her milk. So she feeds him every two hours. And I don't know how she would do it without breast sleeping. Yes. Well, you don't need to because it's biologically normal. And we're going to talk about that. Yeah, so here we go. But yeah, so thank you, Sarah. I'll say put that out there. But thank you, Sarah. And um, I'm so glad you had time to send the review. And if you would like to send us reviews, or would you put it on iTunes? Because that would be great. We can really use it on iTunes to help boost our our ratings a little bit. But we'll take them by email too, because I love to get the little fan mail. And and I am yeah, fan let's mail. Talk about breast sleeping. And Thank Diane fan mail. She likes that. My kids, my kids are very, um, yeah, they're very impressed. <laughs> so please, let my me kids are so unimpressed. Somebody in the eye of my children, you know? <laughs> they're like, "What are you doing, mom?" I'm like, "I'm answering emails." They're like, "Oh, famous, <laughs> yeah, real famous." So breast sleeping, yes. So 
There's an article that James McKenna, I'm sure you know James McKenna now because I say his name a lot. Dr. James McKenna, he's the director of the, he is, he's the director of the Mother Baby Sleep Laboratory at Notre Dame. And he's been doing decades of research on mothers and babies sleeping, which I just imagine the like, the, the the laboratory, just like, just like moms tired sleeping with their babies, like. And then just watching them and creating, just, you know, these yeah. amazing theories. And he's a huge, you know, co-sleeping advocate for reasons that are just, you know, this is the norm. This is this is a human species. This is a norm within the human species. Or we live in a culture where, and a time where we're told that it's not. We're told that falling asleep at the breast is bad habit and all this stuff. Well, so James McKenna wrote this article. And just from the title alone, I love it so much. Um, the title is, there is no such thing as infant sleep. There is no such thing as breastfeeding. There is only breast sleeping. Love it. That's the title. So listen, he's saying that the conversations that we have about infant sleep, that we have about breastfeeding, he's like, knock it off. You're talking about these things as if they're separate. And they are not. They are biologically so intertwined and functionally dependent that he is saying he's suggesting this new term rest sleeping to highlight really that um these things are really dependent on each other and you know the um the uh the term he wants to say he wants this term to be used because it's uh, freaking glasses i was complaining last week about my new glasses i'm gonna complain again (laughs) Uh, He says that he proposes this new term to highlight the critical role that immediate and sustained maternal contact plays in the establishment of breastfeeding. Um, And the fact that normal human species wide infant sleep can only be derived from studies of breastfeeding dyads because they are so completely intertwined and dependent on each other. And so completely vastly different from non-breastfeeding dyads that they need to be studied separately. And finally, his final proposal of this term is, um, well, that's what I just said. (laughs) They're so vastly different. Okay. That's the third one. Um, So yeah, he's saying that this is, he's, he's saying like, you know, you know, you passed evolutionary theorists and attachment theorists. That's great. You know, you did great work, but what you missed was the absolute centrality of breastfeeding in our evolution. And so he goes on, he goes to rave on about um, this Elsie Mobs, who is a psycho, uh, psych- clinical psychologist and, or was, she's now deceased, um, a clinical psychologist and lactation consultant out of Australia, which is so much good stuff coming out of Australia from our friends down under. Oh, Thank you very much. For all your awesome Thank people you. and research. Oh um, so he raves about her research where she said she talks about imprinting. And imprinting is um, described or defined as... Um, I'm going to pull it up here and just keep talking and act like I know this off the top of my head. <laughs> Which I don't. I'm totally going to read it. Um, imprinting is the behavioral process that takes place during a sensitive period... In the early hours of life, during which the baby's evolutionary biology enables it to orally fixate to a stimulus feature, normally the mother's nipple and the surrounding milking area, and learn its tactile characteristics. This, and they say, this is the first step 
in attachment. And the central focus of the human evolution of our species. So there. I love the imprinting. Yeah. I love it. I heard that at a conference once where I don't even know. I don't even remember who it was. It was so long ago. Said that, you know, if the baby breastfeeds, you know how we always say, okay, the baby's born and we like them to go to breast as soon as we, you know, within the first hour after birth, um, they're right there skin to skin with the mom. They're like, oh yeah, that baby, they're not going to have any kind of like nipple confusion that's been imprinted on that. Right. And I wonder, I wonder when we have, cause you know, like, bre- like my kids, I hear this from a lot of breastfeeding parents that their kids won't take a pacifier. I wonder if that's part and like, yeah. is that must be related to that. That it's just like, what is this? This isn't in my, this isn't, I don't recognize this as what's supposed to be in my mouth right now. So get out. Yeah, this is odd. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, oh, sorry. Let me. No, that's okay. I was just going to say what I love from this article is how they really talk about how the mother and the baby are so interconnected to each other. Like not just physiologically, but the mother's body physically changes to regulate the infant and we are separating that. That, that yeah so so yeah right they're talking about your baby is born your your body is the only environment that they're adapted to correct and yeah and then someone well that's a bad habit I mean, and they need to learn independence no no <laughs> and then that goes on too that goes on to to go on to um how we talk about like human, you know, human evolution. We used to, as early humans or, you know, just mammals, um, carry our young longer. The gestation period was longer. And as we became more, you know, as we evolved, probably because we became more upright uh, and the stress of our, the stress of the, the strain of that on our bodies and the, you know, the interference of the birth canal that it's now between our legs. Um, the gestation period got shorter, right? And so this, so then we have, as humans, some of the most immature newborns of any species. And so this is what we talk about when we're talking about like the fourth trimester, right? We're saying this is you, this is a time where in our evolutionary history, we would have still been inside. We wouldn't have been born yet. And so we try to focus on this keeping, you know, this like kangaroo care or keeping baby, you know, close skin to skin. And that that part of our evolution is what created these like village type settings where there's food sharing and there's child care sharing. And we're, you know, we've become so highly uh, responsive to our newborns um, because we have some of the most immature ones and we need to be, you know, you see a horse give birth, a horse stands up and walks away. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, know. This is like, okay. You know, that's not how, that's not our experience. Like our babies are so dependent on us for life. They're dependent on our bodies to survive. That's the only environment that they're born adapted to. And, um, and why then we, sleep with our babies so that they're with us and protected 24 seven, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, I just think it's so fascinating that this is like, this is an evolutionary process. This isn't just like, you know, and then we have these freaking campaigns that are like, Oh, don't co-sleep. Okay. <laughs> 
this is inner this is not this is, is this is this is not just something that you can just take away it is so foreign to the baby yes and damaging it's so damaging to be separating newborns like this and you know he talks about these uh these these campaigns and how how these campaigns are like first of all they're not working because we are we are animals and we are going to people people despite these um campaigns to stop co-sleeping bed and bed sharing um people continue to do it because it's part of us it's part of our it's part of who we are it's part of who we are as a species and we are not going to stop and so he says these campaigns aren't working anyway they're not working what we need and what we what what um science shows us is that I'm, can you hear my my papers like flipping? I'm like, where's this? Keep talking so I can find the section. Um. Oh yeah, so these anti bed sharing campaigns they undermine breastfeeding. First of all, which we've already established is so important towards attachment. Um. And central to the to the baby's development of their brain and their bodies and everything. Um, and they block and these anti bed sharing campaigns, all they do is block people from getting information about how to do it safely because bed sharing is not unsafe. There are unsafe things that human people do that can make sleeping with their babies unsafe, but bed sharing is not unsafe. And what we know from the last episode, we did the how to safely co-sleep just a few weeks ago. And what we know from that is that these, these anti bed sharing campaigns came up and have become so fear-mongering and so strict and simplistic because there are certain populations that they are trying to reach. You know, they're trying to get information like, you know, if you, you know, we go see the episode for all of the like details about how to safely co-sleep. So we don't have to do it again here when we're talking about something else. But, um, you know, if you had like a healthy pregnancy and a full-term baby and you don't, you know, you're not drinking, you're not doing drugs, you're not, you know, have this, you have your bed set up safely. Um, there, you know, there are people, of course, who are not, who, who are being unsafe in these ways. And these campaigns are trying to reach those people. Okay. I get it. But it's also not working because people are continuing to bring babies into the bed. And instead of saying like across the board, don't bed share, he's saying we need to, we need to be we need a we need a safe bed sharing campaign. We need to get the information out about there about how to do it because people people um he's saying like people despite any of the all of this people are continuing to bed share because it's part of us. And we get more sleep and we yeah, we sleep. get more sleep and we yeah. protect our babies and it feels good. It doesn't feel weird and wrong you know like those feelings of your baby sleeping in another room of course i know that there's people who will really enjoy that and that works for you fine but like for a lot of a lot of people it doesn't it's like horrible feeling to have your baby down the hallway it's hard to sleep it's nerve-wracking you're like what's going on in there and people have these they and people have these monitors with the videos on it and they're staring at it and it's like (laughs) just bring the baby to you we're taking choices right. away. You know, there are people that are so fearful because their choices have been taken away from them. But they don't know what to They're do. Told, right. This is where your baby should sleep. And 
it interrupts breastfeeding, it interrupts sleeping, it interrupts so much bonding and attachment and milk supply. Well, it, it, it's just it's not, not and it also creates these unsafe situations, right? Like where people people yes. all people know that they are going to get more sleep if they just let their baby sleep attached to their breast. And so they're told all of this fearful stuff about going sleeping in their bed. So then they go to the recliner. They go to the couch. And these are unsafe situations that can cause the baby to suffocate. Instead of just mm-hmm. creating a safe situation on your mattress and going to sleep. One of the um, parts of this article I wanted to definitely talk about, and we can do that after. We oh, my God, sponsors. already? I'm not even a halfway done with all the things I have to say. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> Abby loves this. Topic. Can you tell? <laughs> okay. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by The Nuzzle by Mama's Milk Wrap. The Nuzzle is a non-ingestible breastfeeding aid that will stay with you throughout your entire nursing journey and beyond. It offers a moist heat therapy or cold therapy, compression therapy, moist heat therapy or cold compression therapy. It wraps around your body and connects in the back with adjustable straps. Heat it up in the microwave, then align it to your nipples for hands-free pumping with heat therapy to aid in the letdown. Women are reporting that their milk outputs increase, sometimes doubles. The Nussel's patent-pending design conforms comfortably to your body. For cold therapy, simply put it in the fridge or the freezer and apply the compression therapy. The cold helps to soothe early postpartum swollen sore breasts. The wrap can be used anytime for any part of your body. Each wrap comes with a one-time free 30-minute lactation consultation with an approved lactation expert. Check out the nuzzle by Mama's Milk Wrap at mamasmilkwrap.com and use promo code BADASS for 10% off your purchase. That's mamasmilkwrap.com and use code BADASS for 10% off your purchase. And the nuzzle can now be found on Amazon and at Walmart. Awesome. And today's episode is also brought to you by Fairhaven Health. Do you love lactation tea but hate the taste? Often nursing teas can taste earthy, which is my favorite way of saying dirt. Fairhaven Health Nursing Time Tea is a caffeine-free, all-natural herbal lactation tea with a light lemon taste that you won't need to choke down. Nursing Time Tea is made with herbs such as fennel seed, goat's rue, and blessed thistle that have been used for centuries to support healthy milk supply and soothe an upset tummy. All ingredients are high-quality, organic, wild-crafted, and contain no preservatives or additives. Nurture yourself and your milk supply with Nursing Time Tea. It can be made hot or cold, which is awesome for when you forget about it. It's a great way to maintain your hydration while supporting your milk supply. Head to fairhavenhealth.com and use promo code BADASS for 15% off your purchase. That's F-A-I-R-H-A-V-E-N health.com. Promo code BADASS for 15% off of your purchase. Uh, And these sponsors and these promo codes can be found in our show notes under this episode at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. Our show notes will also um, include, or they do also include, will, like some future exciting things going to happen. No, right now, they um, include uh, further information about things we talked about in this episode, um, all the things Abby didn't get to say before time was up. And at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com, you will also find our breastfeeding resources as well as all of our other episodes and information about scheduling your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane. 
Yes. Uh, and I have our shout out of the week, which is um, on Instagram. You can find her at uh, the Vagina Chronicles. It is uh, Ayana D. Black Midwife. Um, again, at Instagram on Instagram, it's at Vagina Chronicles and thevaginachronicles.com. Um, providing facts, breaking myths, discussing all things vagina and power. Certified n- nurse, midwife, uh, women's nurse, women's health nurse practitioner. Um, and this is a feed, again, that's filled with all kinds of facts about uh, birthing and your vagina and, you know, just busting myths. And um, it's really cool. So follow her at the Vagina Chronicles on Instagram. And um, in her little, uh, the vaginachronicles.com, you can find more about her. And also in her um, bio on Instagram, there's all kinds of awesome um, little, you know, links to more information like um, birth and pregnancy during COVID-19, um, midwif- midwifery tip sheets and uh, postpartum more dis- mood disorder tip sheets. So there's lots of resources here. So yeah. Awesome. Okay. That's all I got. Back to breast sleep. <laughs> so let me say this real quick because it's really fun. So in this article, it says, because I, I did highlight a bunch of stuff. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> Reducing same surface co-sleeping, a more generic term than problematic usage of bed sharing, to a singular risk factor is itself problematic because it is clear that outcomes depend on exactly how the same surface co-sleeping is being practiced and by whom. So that is like saying, oh, Abby, you're going to go on a plane trip across the country to see your relative. Well, your plane's going to crash. Because it happened a couple of times. Yeah. Right. Even though in those situations there were very specific things that happened that caused the crash, which don't apply to all airplanes and all, you know, airline safety. Right. That's a great analogy. Exactly. So we never really talk about it like that. We just say, oh, you're you're sleeping with your baby, then your baby's going to die. Like, that's just how. Right. We make head sharing. And that's what everybody thinks. That's what people think. And that's why they get so terrified to even say to somebody, this is how I'm getting sleep. Can you give me some information on how to do it safely? And it is just biologically normal, which is why it's so hard to not do it. And we're just like screwing up the whole evolutionary process. Yeah. And he even says, he says, uh, he says, recall that. According to the pr- principles of evidence-based medicine, epidemiological data are supposed to generate testable hypotheses before such data are translated into population-wide public health recommendations. So he's like, these agencies that are calling for bed sharing to stop don't even have the evidence that they're supposed to have before we make these big recommendations. Right. Right. Yeah, right. And he says, he says, hey, I have an idea. What if we include parents and scientists in this in this conversation? (laughs) See, I don't. Oh, my God. Crazy thought. Yeah. You mean that we should like empower parents to have like a discussion because God, you can't even talk to parents about bed sharing anymore because everyone lies. It's so hard to create studies now because everyone's lying about where the baby sleeps because they're so scared that they're going to get in trouble. Well, it, not even that, not even the, the bed sharing part of it or the, you know, the breast sleeping part of it. 
you have people telling you the baby shouldn't even fall asleep oh, right. while they're totally, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the imprinting thing. Like, yeah. So this imprinting, we talked about imprinting, right? And so mobs in this article about imprinting, which we can link. We can't link the um, James McKenna article because we can link the we can link the link. <laughs> but it's actually one of these things yeah. you have to pay. If it's an academic article. You have to pay for access. It was like seven dollars for me to access it for 48 hours. So if you know, if you're interested in reading it that much, I highly suggest it and you have seven dollars laying around which i know a lot of people don't but um anyway the imprinting thing mobs says um that the imprinted object is the one suckled or sucked when baby is passaging to sleep so actually falling asleep at the breast falling asleep with while suckling is how the imprinting is happening. This is how attachment is forming. This is the first step. And we're telling people it's a bad habit and we're making them take the boob out of their mouth and try to get their babies to sleep without it. It's insane. This is like... Put them down, drowsy, but awake. Oh my God. So that they can they can learn how to fall asleep on their own at the age of like two months. Yeah. It's like, I don't know how, like, I don't... my. I don't remember my babies going to sleep without it as babies. No, but you, you know, got people like working double time you- to figure it out because they're like, oh my God, I'm damaging my baby. When we have scientists who nobody will listen to saying, no, 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 wait. This is part of our, this is part of our biology. This is very important for the infant. This is like central to the development. This is, I love the, I love the term absolute centrality. This is ab- this is Ooh. what he says in the article. He says these mobs is the only one who is like really really noted the absolute centrality of sleeping at the breast. Ugh. I mean, it's we've kind of taken this whole evolutionary process, right? And we've said, okay, breastfeeding is a way that you've chosen to feed your child, but you can only do it at certain times in certain places and under certain conditions nobody's looking at the fact that this is a huge attachment piece it is evolutionary it's psychological it's physiological and to separate that is very hard for the baby and it's hard for the moms because i have moms that are like oh my gosh this is really like you know they're telling me okay put my baby down don't let my baby fall asleep at the breast, put your baby in another room to sleep, put your baby. And that's a really difficult thing for me to do. Okay. Then don't do it. Do what feels right for you. Right. This is the information that people need is doing what feels right. Because usually what feels right is what is the biological need. But why do we not want our babies attached? I don't understand that. Like that is one thing I just don't really get. And I never really got that. Like they'll say, well, I don't want the baby attached to me. Yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of necessary to not have like complete lunatics. Right. Like look around. We're talking about like, right. And we're going to have a society of like, that's what's going to happen. You know, (laughs) Elsie mobs who we love. Um, and James McKenna loves, um, she says also, this is a quote from her, from her article, the behavioral and health risks resulting from impairment of this defining mammalian relationship deserve attention as there is considerable contrary information provided by multinational commercial interests. So here we go. Now we can start, let's start looking for blame because I like people to blame. 
capitalism. Again, we have capitalism as the central part of, you know, how the world is operating, especially the Western world. Well, no, that's not true. The world is operating. And, you know, they're targeting parents and babies and destroying something that's absolutely necessary for our evolution. Mm -hmm. Your baby doesn't know. That's why they cry when you put them down. They don't know. They're not reading these no, articles. And, yeah, and, and no mom, Mobs talks about how distressing it is, yeah, to be separated from the imprinted object. Whatever it is, actually. Um, yeah. I mean, it was really just them, you know, being sad that they're away from the person that they love. Well, and they've got this imprinted, you know, the, your body is their environment that they're adapted to. Your breast is what they're imprinting it is being imprinted and you take that away. That's distressing. That is like biologically, physiologically distressing to them. They're not just crabby and they're not spoiled. They're not, you know, using you. They're not manipulating you. It's distressing. And this is stuff that we don't like, we don't expect you to know, no. right? Because you get pregnant, you, you know, you have a baby, all the things you read, all the things you see, all the things that, you know, like you said, the capitalism, you walk into Bye Bye Baby, there's like a zillion things, like, it is so overwhelming in that store, the amount of stuff that there are is for babies is unbelievable. And you think, okay, I'm going to feed my baby and put them in this cool thing, wrap them up swaddled. As if somebody's right. holding them. That's what a swaddle is, by the way. It really is just somebody, the right. baby thinking somebody's still holding them. And put them in this cool chair that's going to rock them, like as if they were being held by somebody. And that's it. But your baby doesn't like it. And then we're like, well, why doesn't our baby like all this cool right, stuff? Right, because the box says it's understand. supposed to, and my doctor said it's supposed to, and my doctor said that, you know, all these things. The Yeah, it's... Your baby doesn't know. And I remember being at somebody's house one time and she was like, well, the baby cries every time I put him down and try to go do the dishes. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's what happened to me because they don't know that you're yeah. going to do the dishes. They that's need what was here. going on with Jack. They kept telling me to put him down, you know, kind of awake, not all kind of sleepy, but not all the way sleepy. You know, that magical place where you put them down and they just fall asleep on their own. I don't know. I never found it. Every time I put him down, he cried. And I was like, our baby is broken. I can't do this. There's something wrong with him. Something is wrong. And I was Googling. Because yeah, they tell you that exactly. this is what they're going to do. They were do. like, you need to do this and your baby will do this. And he wasn't doing it. And I know some babies do because it's also a personality thing, right? They also, some babies are just like mm -hmm. so sleepy. They're just right. like, okay, I'm here. I just got to sleep, man. I'm just sleepy. Um, and some kids are very highly sensitive and everything in between. And um, Jack wasn't having it. And I was sure that something was wrong. With me and the baby. Yeah. You're doing something. Your baby's not doing this. Then you're right. doing something and, and wrong. And it's all, it's like perpetuated too by media, right? Because this is what you see in movies. Like we had this whole plan mm -hmm. that I was going to go back to work and Jack was, Josh was going to go back to work and that Jack would just lay in a bassinet next to Josh's desk at home. Well, uh, because that's what you see. I mean, like you see it all the time. Right. And we're like, oh yeah, we can, you know, we can do that. I mean, I couldn't even get, yeah, like I could never put him down ever. And um, thank God I did Google all this stuff because I accidentally found myself 
in these, you know, forums and chat rooms and Facebook pages of like co-sleeping and, and like, no, actually, you know, all this stuff that we're talking about now that I know now. Um, so I could, you know, I could change what we were doing and change my perspective. But a lot of people aren't coming across this information because you have to, you have to accidentally come upon it because it's not just like laying out there at the doctor's office. Complete opposite is no, being spewed. You really do. It really takes a toll on you as a new mother because you really do take the brunt of the blame of that. Like my baby is not doing what they're saying it's supposed to be doing. There's something I'm doing something wrong. And it is really very damaging. Yeah. I want to read one more quote from this article. Um, it is within this context. Oh, no, here, let me, I'm just starting in the middle of the sentence so it makes more sense. Um, breastfeeding mo- for breastfeeding mothers, the decision to bed share proves often to be an unexpected no-brainer, explaining why, perhaps, a quiet but seismic shift towards adopting breastfeeding, bed sharing, why ad- adopting bed sharing in Western cultures, despite medical recommendations against, against it, is occurring as breastfeeding reestablishes itself in many Western countries as the cultural norm. Viva la revolution! Like, reject. Mm -hmm. Continue rejecting all this crap. And continue to just gobble up this information about bed sharing. Teach your kids. As they grow up, teach your kids about the family bed. Teach your kids about humans about our species and how we are with each other and reject that information from your doctor and all the campaigns and all that crap around, around you. And like, you know, because the quiet, but seismic shift, like that just gives me chills. Like it's happening. It's happening. We're pushing back about what, about against what capitalism is doing to us. We're pushing back and it's, and it's quiet, but it's seismic and it's, happening and we are part of it we're doing it we need to keep doing it and you guys need to do it you need to teach your kids as they grow up don't just don't just let the family bed not be something that you talk about you know like talk about it like why do we do this and let them know this is like something that you know people don't i talk to my kids about breastfeeding all the time you know because they're because obviously it's a big topic in our house um but i talk to them about it i'm like you know like not a lot, not everybody breastfeeds. And there's like corporations actually that get, make a lot of money from destroying breastfeeding relationships early on, you know, and I want them to grow up knowing this stuff. Yeah. I mean, I just, it makes me think back to when my kids were little and they were in bed with me all the time and, you know, their father and I split up when they were very, very young. So they don't even like remember him being part of our household. Like they were young. And I remember my mom telling me once, you're never going to get remarried with those kids in your bed. I remember that. You're never going to find anybody with That's all those really kids friendly. in your bed. Oh, well, you know, I was also going to go to hell because I got divorced, but whatever. So I was like, I don't care. You know, like it was just so much easier. She'd be, Why don't you just take them back to bed when they come into your bed in the middle of the night? Why don't you just take them back to bed? I'm like, because I'm tired and this is easier. Like, I don't care that they're in bed with me. And then I met a man who didn't care that I had all these kids in my bed. So, you know, you take it as it is. But that was what was right for us. You know, that's what you do. That's what was right for us to have them 
in the bed with me all the time. And that's what felt like the norm. So do what feels right for you. Listen to that instinct and just do it safely. That's all we're saying. Check out the, yeah, the, the, the guidelines to safe co-sleeping. It's not, it's nothing major. Oh. It's not like the hardest thing to do. It's easy. It's super easy. And then tell everybody you're a breast sleeper. Yeah. Because it's a fun term to say. Yeah. Why is your baby at the breast? He's breast sleeping. He's breast sleeping. It's extremely important for attachment. Right now, as we speak, my breast is being imprinted. You will blow people away with your nose. Yeah. 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 Tell them this. They'll be like, oh, wow. And I if people have- just have a little bit of information, like we can change everyone's mind. Yeah. So that's your homework for today. Go out there and change the world. Yeah. Do it. Do it. <laughs> do it. Do, do it. it now. Happy New Year. Go change the world. Happy New Year. <laughs> we'll Thanks for listening. Week. Bye. Bye.